It is my great privilege today to introduce to you uh, Dr. Teresa Senevez. For those of you who know Teresa, then you know there's a huge story here. Uh, Teresa is originally from Brazil. She and her husband, Luis. Luis is a senior executive with Cooper Tire Company. And through that, they have lived in many, many different parts of the world. South Africa, the Netherlands, Colombia, Mexico, and are now moving, unfortunately, um, they, they apparently have not heard God's clear will in this because they're leaving Mexico and they are going to England because of uh, Luis's job. But Luis said a wonderful thing. We had dinner with him recently and he said that his job was just an alibi for them to be in different places doing God's work. Well, Teresa has both a master's degree and a PhD in theology, which is why she is Dr. Teresa Senevez. She's also a pilot. I don't know what she does in her spare time. <laughs> But those of you who know Teresa know that the biggest challenge we've had here in our church is simply to keep up with her. She has been responsible for launching ministry after ministry after ministry in our church. She is ordained as one of our elders, but she has launched programs that have been supporting churches in Mescala, an orphanage in San Juan Cosala, feeding programs, providing clothing for people, and on and on. I believe you all received a handout today which talk about, and that's not even complete, of the things she has done. And since this is probably her last Sunday to be with us, unless the Lord gives her and Louise greater wisdom in the weeks ahead, <laughs> then I have asked her to come and speak to us today. Teresa is perhaps the only person I know who is quicker to preach than I am. And so please welcome Dr. Teresa Senevez. Good morning to everybody. And today I will tell a little bit about uh, my history, my story, about uh, how I get to know him. And, uh, and I thank you, Pam, for helping me with the English, <laughs> because I'm handicapped in English, but I'll try my best, okay? And um, everything starts in Brazil. I was born in 1958. In a Catholic family, my mother was a French lady and a good friend. She was a spirit. She consulted spirits. And my father was Italian, and we were Catholic because all Italian is very good Catholics. And you can imagine. How was my life, you know, with spiritism, with Catholics, and everything. And um, uh, I used to go with my mother almost uh, every day to the Mass. And after I discovered that the priest was a spirit as well, he consulted spirit. Okay, but my church had in the altar the figure of St. Sebastian, the patron saint of this church. And uh, in one of the dark corner, corners of the church was a big cross with a tall man with blood all over his body. A little bit like, uh, I pastor, I, I can't steal. <laughs> I'm Italian. I can't uh, steal. And uh, was, um, in the corner was uh, a big... Uh, figure of Christ, like this one, all bloody in himself, full, full of blood. And uh, this day was very special for me 
because it was the first time that I looked at his eyes. And something very special touched my heart. And I needed to know about him. So I asked, Mama, who is this man? And she said, it's Jesus. His name is Jesus. And I asked, why is he on that cross? He died on the cross because of the people's sin. Mom, what is sin? And my mother said, Pecado, Teresa, pecado, Teresa. Pecado son las cosas feas que las personas hacen. Sin, Teresa, is everything you do that is wrong. The answer that my mother gave me that day was only half of the truth about Jesus' love sacrifice. Later on, I realized that maybe it was because the church only had given her half of the truth as well. The next day, I felt that I needed to see the man on the cross again. So, on my way to school, at the age of six years old, I stopped at the dark corner of the San Sebastian Church in the city of Ribeira, Brazil, and I sat on the feet of that alone, tall man with a painful face. The look of his eyes penetrated my soul, and I felt a feeling I had never felt before. His love embraced me, and on his feet, I left my lunch for him to eat, because in my mind, he was hurting, hungry, and alone.
and he looked at me, and I, I looked at him, and I need to go to school. But four hours late, on my way, way back to my house again, I stopped on his feet and saw that the lunch was still there. And I sat again and I talked with him. I tried to convince him to eat. In the end, I was hungry and I ate the lunch. Being there every day, I could find a way for him not to be alone. This was my purpose because he, for me, was alone. But my, my heart refused to see Jesus in the way the church and my mother always saw Jesus on the cross. My heart pointed to one thing, and now I will share with you this one thing that I saw in that man in the cross. Catholic Church in that time in Brazil used it to preach more about sin than on relationship with Christ. It was all about scoring points and confessing sin. So I was caught in the middle of this type of teachings. Teresa, esto es pecado. Teresa, esto es feo. Teresa, confessa tu pecado. Teresa, uh, only that, only about sin, not about to know him, not about to understand about him. It's always watch out, watch out, counterpoints. But one day again, my heart turned away from myself, my sins, and went to the cross again with this hurt and alone man. And one passage in particular brought me back to years of my first love when I gave my lunch for him, because in my mind he was hungry. And it burned my heart as fire when I read Matthew 26 for it. When Jesus was in the Gethsemane, he said, for the disciples. My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep company with me. Watch with me. And also Jesus came again asking for the disciples to be with him. When he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. He said to Peter, Peter, can't you stick out with me a single hour? Again, Jesus' loneliness again broke my heart. One day, I realized that Jesus expected me to grow in my Christian life. And I understood that it was not about my sins anymore. My sins had been paid on the cross when I accepted him as my Savior. Now... It's like it was Jesus said, Teresa, let's go and grow this world. He expected me to love his people, to help his people, to see him as father and a savior. He expected me to have his compassion, to go one mile more, to be his hands in a hospital in Colombia, holding the hands of nine years 
boy that he had one leg amputated because of the guerrillas. To be in the streets of India, India, clothing naked kids, to deliver the good news of a savior to people that is slave of a false religion, as was my mother. It is all about compassion. It is all about the way Jesus sees his people. Jesus, Jesus, role nature is compassion. And he's not alone when his people show, shows compassion to others. Sorry. He's not alone. This truth liberated me to be who I was created to be. When Matthew 28, 19 touched my heart. It was like he was looking at me and said, Go, Teresa, go and make disciples of your nation. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I gave commanded you. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Again, he with me and me with him. The man from the cross said, go, Teresa, go, I will be with you. And I believe it because he has opened my eyes to see him when I see others. The mission that Jesus had while on earth is now our mission. The Bible says we have been sent to speak for Christ. We are the messengers of God's love and purpose to the world. He called us not only to come to him, but also to go for him. The Great Commission was not given to pastors only, but to every follower of Jesus. We have the greatest news in the world. And sharing it is the greatest kindness and act of compassion you can show to anyone. Because only Jesus can save his people. He can save because he loved us. And my first understanding about Jesus when I was six years old was that he was hungry, that he was hurt, that he was alone. But as I grew up, Jesus showed me that when I invite companionship with one in need, I invite companionship with him. And Jesus let it very clear in Matthew 25, 34. He said, I was hungry in Mescala, and you gave me food. I was thirsty in Chapala, and you gave me drink. I was strange around Yahihi, and you, you welcomed me. I was naked in San Juan Costala, and you clothed me. I was sick in those places around here and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me, the prison in Guadalajara. Then the righteous, the saved, the believers answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirst and give you drink? And when did we see strange and welcome you? or naked, and we clothe you. And when you did, and when did we see you sick or in prison and you visited 
you, you visit you, and Jesus will say, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. And I love James 1, 27, that say, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit your orphans and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is what I learned from, the, from Jesus, from this alone man in the corner of a church in Brazil. And I started my mission in my house first with my husband and my kids, my neighbors, my city, my states, and Jesus sent me to Canada. There, without speaking English and speak a little bit of French, I started the Bible studies. Please do not ask me how. But I know the Holy Spirit is good on guest language as well. Luis brought me a computer and I discovered how to write in Quebecois. And I wrote and printed thousands and thousands of letters speaking about the love and the compassion of the man on the cross. We distributed and we delivered the message of salvation in every place imaginable. Colombia. Colombia was interesting. Many orphanages were built like that. Many kids were taken out of the street. We decided with a missionary to build a church on the mountain where the guerrillas stayed. It was a challenge, but we always received the good news from that place. The Holy Spirit was moving in people's hearts and was amazing. How many people in the mountain received Jesus as their savior? In India, we worked hard as ever. Jesus has pointed out the physical and spiritual suffering of his people. In two years, the Holy Spirit put that place upside down, and so many people gave their lives to Jesus. In Africa, in Africa, in Africa I asked Jesus, some very special thing. I asked Jesus, I would like one airplane because I wanted to take him Bibles and things about him for people to know him in a place that we couldn't come by boat, by train, by any kind of transportation. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Teresa, are you sure you want an airplane? <laughs> yes, Lord. I am so sure. He said, okay, go and learn how to fly an airplane. And I was 50 plus. And I went. I knew he will be always with me in that airplane. If I fall, he falls with me. And I think he, he, he needed to, to take care of me. Also, I had a t-shirt made with an airplane picture written Flying Grace on it. And everybody in my flight school asked, Teresa, what is this logo for? And I said, it's the airplane that Jesus will give me. After that, not many students wanted to fly with me. <laughs> they are sad she's not good, okay? She has some mental problem. But I was specific with the Lord about the airplane. 
And he gave us exactly what I have asked. And we went in places that only the Holy Spirit knew to deliver the good news of Jesus. And was amazed when we knew that we will leave Africa. And we prayed. And I asked Jesus, I said... The airplane is yours. What you would like us to do with this airplane? And he puts in my heart, donate. Donate the airplane to the Asa de Misericordia, Mercy um, Wings. And I said, please talk with Louise now, because we needed to be together in this. And I called Louise, and Louise told me, wow. The Lord just told me what to do with the airplane. He said, yes, it's fast. I told him to tell, to tell you. And he said, what the Lord said to you, I said, to give it to the mercy wings, the mercy air. He said, yes, the same for me. And we donate. And we called them. We called John there. And uh, Monday, 7 o'clock in the morning, and we said, John, Jesus put in our hearts to donate the airplane for you guys. And he said, Teresa, we pass the whole Sunday praying in fasting because our airplane, the engineer gone. And we told Jesus, if he wanted us to continue the mission, he needs to give us an airplane. And in that moment, we called to say, we are giving our airplane for you. And Flying Grace is there in the sky of South Africa, flying the grace of the tall man hurt and alone in the cross. Amen. Okay. I have so many stories, but one that is very dear to my heart, it was about a very famous and rich man in Australia. I prayed for God to give me opportunity to speak to him about Jesus. When I was going to the, um, to my school there, and I used to see the, uh, his picture all over the city, and I looked at his picture and I said, God, give me, uh, one dinner with this man. I want like to speak to him about you. And Jesus gave me one opportunity to have a dinner with this man. And in a dinner uh, with the, that we and Louise were invited, and so many people were invited as well, I saw my name beside his name in the same table. And I sat, he was here, and I was here, and for three times, for three times I started to initiate a conversation with him, and he told me, Teresa, here in Australia we do not speak about Jesus in public. And for three times I said, okay. In the third time, he said, if you do not speak about Jesus here anymore, I will invite you to go to my house and there you can tell me what you want about Jesus. And in the end of the dinner, he went to talk with Louise and said, Louise, 
this Saturday, you and your lovely wife are invited to have lunch in my house. She has something to tell me about Jesus. My secretary will send you the address. This man, in his, in his place, he has the formula NASCAR. You know the NASCAR? Uh, what to say, Pastor? Race in his farm. And that Saturday we went there. And not that only that Saturday, but so, so, so many times more. He gave his life to Jesus and called his sister that was a believer to say that he met the man on the cross and surrendered all to him. His sister told me that she was praying for his brother for years for his salvation and God sent us to Australia to be used in this way because a desire of to have a dinner with, man, with this man and tell about the man on the cross. I have been on a mission for more years than I can remember. I have been in more than 80, 80 countries, have lived in 10 countries and 5 continents, and I have never visited or been a member of a church that has pastors that understood Matthew 25 and built a church around these visions as the Lakeside Presbyterian Church, our church. Our pastors do not fish in aquarium, but encourage us to go offshore to fish for the souls of men. They encourage us to go out to feed Jesus, to embrace Jesus, to visit Jesus in prison, and to clothe Jesus in the street of a poor neighborhood of our city. When you guys, when the congregation gives money, money to feed the people from Escala, San Juan Cosala, Chapala, or other places, please understand, you guys are feeding the tall man, hungry, hurt, and alone on the cross. If we, if we have this vision, if we don't see Jesus only, the man that gave his life for our sin, yes, it is true, he died for our sin. But it is not about us, it's about him. If we see him, if we look at him, if we look at his eyes, that he's hurt, that he's sometime alone, that he needs us and he sends us, we will have another perspective of the others. As the Apostle Paul said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Jesus wants us to focus on our mission. Jesus said to the disciples, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has sent by his own 
authority, authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Mescala, in Guadalajara, in every place. When the disciples wanted to talk about the prophecy, when Jesus will come back, Jesus quickly switched the conversation to evangelism. He wanted them to concentrate on their mission in the world. Let us also focus on that. When people asked me, who is this man on the cross? I answered, his name is Jesus. Why is he on the cross? He died on the cross because his whole nature is compassion. It is not about me or about my sins anymore. It is all about him and him alone. Because of that, I say to you guys today, go, go to Mescala, go to San Juan Cosala, go to Guadalajara, go to Canada, go wherever the Holy Spirit sends you, but go and have compassion, and teach compassion, and teach how these men on the cross have compassion on us. Amen. This is compassion. Compassion is the ability to see what you need is right now and the willingness to do it right now not tomorrow now this is the meaning of the true love to give until it hurts if you put your, your hand in the pocket thinking about the people from Escala you don't give but if you put your, your hands in the pocket Think that you are giving to him and that he will give back to you because this is his nature. He gives back and good measure. And thank you, Jesus, because you saved us. Amen.